Smartphones and social media have changed our lives. They allow us to be connected to the people that matter most to us at all times, but they also become addictive and harmful. My guest this week is Rob Kresak, founder and CEO of Humans First. But don't worry, this isn't a podcast about how technology is bad. Rob is no anti-technology, but he is pro-humanity. And during this podcast, keep your ears out for ways that you can cut back on your screen time while you still enjoy the benefits that technology has to offer. Uh, well, Rob, thank you for joining me today on our podcast. And, um, you know, I know that we've been working a little bit together on how I can use technology better in my life and so that I can show up as a better mom and as a better co-founder of our company um, and all around as a better person. And so um, I'd love to just talk a little bit about um, who you are and why we've been working together on this uh, technology piece. So you want, want to tell me a little bit about your company and why you started your company? Yeah, for sure, Aaron. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm really grateful for the opportunity to chat with you and the listeners. And I'm really excited to share this information with you guys today. Um, maybe what would be best is if I told a couple of quick stories about uh, myself and my past, and you can kind of understand where I am today. So I think that sounds great. I love stories. So cool, cool. Have at it. <laughs> awesome. So, you know, when I was in high school, this is actually a really difficult time in my life for me because I developed really, really bad acne. It was very crippling to me. And so this was a time in my life where it was difficult for me to connect with other people. You know, I didn't want people to look at me in the face and I just, you know, it was really hard. I had low self-esteem and self-worth from this acne, right? It was, and it was lasted all throughout high school. It didn't go away the whole time. You know, even one year for my yearbook picture, I specifically didn't go because I didn't want people to remember my face that way. Oh man. And yeah, it was it was it was really a tough time. And um one of the, you know, <clears throat> kind of side effects of this is that I actually be, became addicted to video games on my home computer because it was in my bedroom, right? And so uh, you know, this was in the mid 90s though before most people even had a cell phone or an internet connected computer at home. And so I saw the negative effects from technology firsthand way earlier than most people were even using technology. And then at other points in my life, I was addicted to Facebook and I was also addicted to my email for my job. Oh, and so, wow. you know, this is a very personal topic for me, right? Like I, you know, I, I see, I've seen these negative effects from many different technologies all throughout my life. And the, you know, the reason that I have Humans First or I started this consultancy is to help people avoid what I went through, right? And um, you know, another another quick story about Humans First. So one day I was at my cell phone repair store and I was checking people in like I normally do. You know, I'd done that thousands of times. So this middle-aged woman comes in with her son and she's shuffles in and she's literally physically pushing him to the front of the store. And she said to her son, Hey Tyler, you need to tell this man what you did to your phone. And, you know, I felt terrible for Tyler because I saw that he couldn't look me in the eye. He had very poor body posture. He couldn't really stammer out a sentence. And mm -hmm. it was very difficult for him to communicate. And so I, you know, talked to him as best I could. And we we fixed his phone and everything went fine. But then a couple of weeks later, a very similar situation happened with a different, you know, woman and her daughter. And they came in and it was the same thing. And And then I had this aha moment. I thought to myself, well, maybe it's because that of how much these kids are using technology that they have poor social skills. Maybe that's the cause of them being this way. And so then I read this book, iGen by Gene Twenge, and it really just blew my mind open in terms of how technology could you know, be affecting 
an entire generation of kids. And, um, you know, that, and so, uh, over the last four years, I've read over a hundred books and dissected over 2000 articles and studies and run many, many hundreds of experiments on myself to understand how technology impacts me. And uh, another thing that the listeners might find interesting is I have ADHD. And so I'm way more easily distracted than the average person. And so if somebody with ADHD can use technology in a way that helps him focus and be less stressed and distracted and be happier then anybody can do it. Well, I love that. And I love that you actually realized for yourself that you needed to make some changes. And mm -hmm. um, what a fun idea to use yourself as an experiment. I know we have one one of my favorite designers. She uses her home as a kind of a laboratory. Oh, a cool. Laboratory. Um, and so she's always changing the colors and the vibe and the different things that are happening inside of her home. And so it's it's always so fun to hear how people are um you know, taking a problem that you have for yourself and and really trying to work through it and and realizing that you could actually help other people as well. So, well, let's uh, talk about cell phones a little bit because in our work yeah. together. So let me tell my story about how I'm... Yeah. Okay, Please, so... Yeah. <laughs> This is how a lot of things happen in my work world. Um, I like get a message from Gail that something needs to happen and then it does. And so um, what happened is, you know, I think that you had like reached out to Jen on our team and Jen connected you with Gail. I think Gail had a conversation with you and realized after hearing your story that maybe I was one of the team members that would benefit the most from working with you. And one of the reasons is that, you know, I'm, I've been wearing a lot of hats. I'm mm -hmm. mom to Jackson Izzy. Of course, that's my number one. Um, you know, I'm running a lot of, uh, keeping a lot of different plates spinning with our business and making sure our clients are happy and that we have new clients coming in and we're doing what we say we're going to do in the Gail Dobie way, or I guess now it's the Pearl Collective way, um, which I'm super excited about, by the way. I can't wait yeah. to reveal that in the, in around this time. So, and uh, I guess it's around this time next month. So, um, and, you know, but constantly it's, it just feels like I never have enough time for anything, you know, like my exercise ends up, ends up going to the wayside or my sleep goes to the wayside, or even just being present with my kids goes to the wayside because I just feel like I still don't have enough time in the day to get everything done. And as we know, like times are their biggest commodity, right? Like it, everybody else has the same amount of hours and seconds in a day than I do, and they're still getting it done. And so like, I, I hate that that's like something that I've continued to kind of complain about or like kind of crutch myself on. And so I was really wanting to make some, some changes in how my work day was working out so that I could be really strategic in what I could get done in the time that I had. And I felt like I was getting pretty bogged down with like a lot of meetings. Um, I'm also was, uh, maybe not being quite as present with my kids because I was on my phone still working or doing mm -hmm. things like that. Um, and, and so in our work together, you really kind of brought to life kind of this new version of how I could get some time back into my schedule, um, some tactics I could use both with my devices and just some like rules that I can follow. Um, and that was such an interesting thing. So the first thing was the phone that we talked about, right? Mm hmm And it's this like lovely device. Like I've got an 11 year old girl that's going to turn 12 in a couple of weeks and she knows she's getting a phone. In fact, she's probably getting mine. <laughs> Let's mm -hmm. just be honest. Yep, um, yep. 
And, you know, it's just this glorious thing. I didn't get a phone until I was a freshman in college. You know, like I know that we live in different times. I'm dating myself. But um, my phone, like, I mean, you have it on you all the time. Like whether I, I mean, I'm constantly referencing the calendar or I'm, you know, text messaging friends, or I'd be on Instagram, which I know that's one that you're going to want to talk about. Um, or I'm checking email or a lot of times, like even when I'm standing in the grocery line, I'm checking Slack for my team to see if there's something that I can answer for them to keep them working while I'm, you know, doing groceries and school pickup and that sort of thing. And so it's just always on me. And I didn't realize some of the things that the phone companies are doing that make you want to be on your phone more. So talk a little bit about that, because that was fascinating. Yeah, well, um, yeah, I, I really appreciated your open-mindedness and working with me, Erin, and I'm really happy to, you know, to hear some of the things that you experienced when, you know, after working with me. Um, so it is, it's interesting, right, how this, a lot of people describe their relationship with the phone as a love-hate relationship. You know, they love it because it does so many great things, but then they hate it because it can suck you in and take up a ton of time and distract you. And, you know, it's not all positive, right? Or not all positive anymore. Um, and so that to me is why this topic of technology mindfulness is pretty difficult because I can't just tell you, oh, like stop using your phone for a week, right? Because that's impossible from almost everyone who, you know, is a normal functioning person in society. Yeah. Um, and just to be clear, by the way, to the listeners, I want to um, describe my stance is and I love technology. I am not anti-technology in any way. But the way I describe my stance is I'm not anti-technology. I'm pro-humanity. And so... So, to, you know, to me, I, I really um, look at technology as a tool, right? And it's a thing that I can use for positive intent or negative intent. It just depends on me, right? How and how I decide to use the tool. Um, and so if you look at, uh, let's just take Facebook, uh, you know, so let's, so Facebook has hired tens of thousands of engineers, tens of thousands of people who are super smart. These are some of the smartest people on the planet. They've hired tens of thousands of people and, and their goal, the number one goal that they have is to keep you on Facebook as long as humanly possible. So <laughs> you are the product. When you use Facebook, you are the product. It's not Facebook is the product. You are the product. And so human time and attention is now the most valuable asset in the world. It's more valuable than oil. It's more valuable than all these other natural resources. And so when you, when you, when you understand that the business model of a lot of tech companies, not all, but a lot, is to take your time and attention, all of a sudden, it becomes very clear why they're doing certain things like, oh, you're getting 86 notifications a day because every single tech company wants you to go into their app and spend time there. That mm -hmm. means that you are more likely to spend money with them or they can uh, serve you more ads. And so... Think, but think about this. So if there's just at one company, right? Like just at Facebook, there's tens of thousands of people who are engineering their product to be addictive and keep you on there. Plus they have supercomputers, by the way, that they're using to do that. How on earth could the, the brain of a single human being resist that? And the answer is you really can't, right? Like it's very difficult. It's very difficult for even the most disciplined person to resist that. 
And I, I feel like I'm reasonably disciplined. And I realized I was addicted to Facebook when I was checking Facebook on my phone at red lights and uh, in the elevator when I had a spare yeah. 20 seconds. And it was just like, this is crazy. Like, what am I? Why well, am I? The dopamine hit, right? Yes. Like, I have been in those moments, too, where I maybe have, you know, I feel like I don't have time to do anything, but I'm sitting there for a minute and I'm like, oh, I got to check Slack and then I got to check my email and then and they go right over to Instagram and check that. And then I go over to Facebook, even though I know there's not a lot over there that I want to see, I'm going to check it. And then that leads me to my personal email and okay, I think I'm all caught up. And then I find myself going through then you that repeat. cycle again. And I'm like, what am I doing? Like nothing else has changed, but it like makes me feel good. Cause I feel like I'm up to speed with everybody. Like I understand what's going on or like, you know, and it's, there are still really a lot of positives in social media. Like I enjoy yeah. it. Yeah. I enjoy um, following our clients and, you know, giving them high fives when I see that they've completed a project or yeah. done something amazing and, and their creativity and all of that. And in fact, there's a lot of times that like, I'll come into work and I'll say, gosh, Kel, did you see that so-and-so did this? Like, that's amazing. Like we should follow up on that. And she's like, oh gosh, where did you see that? I'm like, oh, over on Instagram. But also I don't need to be on it quite as often. So I know Instagram is definitely one of the things that you uh, had to work with me a little bit on. And I was like, well, I understand that I need to take it off my phone. Well, actually talk a little bit about that first. Why do you were trying to get me to make some rules about taking it off of my phone? Yeah, well, you know, what I actually think might be helpful first is if we talk a little bit about the psychology of FOMO, which you were you were mentioning earlier. Is that okay. would that, that be good cool? To me. Yeah. Yeah. So like I I think if you understand the psychology of FOMO, it really helps you understand like why it's difficult to remove Instagram from your phone. So what you know, you know, for those are who are listening, FOMO is fear of missing out. That's what it stands for, F-O-M-O. And what FOMO is psychologically is we experience it as a potential loss of social capital. So think of social capital is as like a very valuable resource to humans. Uh, 50,000 years ago, we were cavemen and cave women. We needed social connections and social capital to uh, make sure to ensure our survival, right? Because if you were a lone caveman 50,000 years ago, your chance of surviving compared to if you live with a tribe was way lower, right? So social capital, we experience as one of the most important resources in our lives. And when we think about, let's say social media and we're, we're on there, um, or, or we delete it, let's say like, because you, you were saying that it was tough for you to kind of delete social media. So what happens psychologically when you delete social media, you say to yourself, oh my God, there's all these things that I'm going to miss out on. I'm going to have FOMO. But what really is, what, what really is happening is your brain is telling you, I'm going to have less social capital and that your brain experiences that as a threat. And so mm -hmm. when you're threatened by something, it doesn't put you in a positive emotional state. It puts you in a negative emotional state. And we also, you know, humans have an aversion to lose things. We don't want to lose resources. So when you delete social media, it feels like you're losing social capital and you're losing something and you don't want to do that. Almost all humans don't want to do that. And so that's why it's very difficult to delete social media. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know that one of the first things you did is you had me take a look, go over to my settings and take a look at my screen time. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, like, and I, hopefully this is okay that I'm sharing this, but you yeah. said, all right, well, how much screen time? And I don't remember where, what it was at. I think it was like over five hours a day. 
Right. And that's not on social media, everybody. Like, I'm not quite that bad. But, you know, over five hours a day on your phone, and anybody can go look at this. If you're on an iPhone, go over to settings and take a look at your screen time and take a look at the last week and how much time on average you're spending. And then it actually breaks it down, like on text messages, on phone calls, on Instagram, all of those different things. And you said to me, what would you do if I could get you one hour a day back? Because that would be a full work day. Yeah. And I was like, immediately you had my attention. I'm like, "Uh, yeah, I'd love to have another, you know, seven to eight hours back in my life. I could exercise more. I could probably have more time with my kids. I might even get a little bit more sleep. Might even be able to like make a little more headway on a project that I'm excited about, or I don't know, yeah. finally unpack the rest of my house. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so that was that was when you captured my attention. I'm like, yes, I will sign up for that and tell me what I need to do. But Instagram was hard. It was, and I gave you every reason in the book. I was like, well, you're like socially, I'm okay taking this off, but like, it's not going to work when I go to high point market because I'm going to need to be posting. And you're like, well, don't you have team members to do that? And I'm like, yes. <laughs> um, and well, and then, you know, I need to be the person that's like um, paying attention to the messages and conversations that are coming in for the business. And you're like, couldn't you do that on your computer? So you gave me some rules too. You're like, well, why don't you just only have social media on your computer or on your iPad mm-hmm. instead of on your phone? And what I figured out is I don't like the view of it on my <laughs> iPad, to be quite honest. It doesn't quite do it for me. It's not That's as, the point. <laughs> it's not as great of an experience. And then I found myself going, like, oh, I would really love to like post that picture. And I'm like, but it's on my phone and it's not easy for me to load over here. And I found myself getting frustrated with it. So there were a couple of times that we met that you're like, mm-hmm. so Instagram's still off your phone. And I'm like, it's back on. Thank you very much because it was Jackson's <laughs> birthday, you know? And so... Anyways, social media, let's talk a little bit more about your article that you sent me. You actually wrote a whole article about how um, it's the cigarette these days. Yeah, I mean, the, the the title of the blog post was Eight Reasons Why Social Media is the Cigarette of the 21st Century. I started reading your article and you were actually like relating social media to that. I'm like, oh my God, what have I done? I am like the most unhealthy person, so... Well, again, like you have to decide what, how, here's the question that I ask people, right? Is how does social media serve you in your life? How does it serve you, right? Because to me, if I'm spending, by the way, in America, the average person spends two hours and 14 minutes a day on social media. So if you think about that, that's like a part-time job. That's like 15 hours a week, right? Mm-hmm. On so, Just on social media alone. That's crazy. And so... um you know, how does like, that is a massive chunk of your week. That is, think about that. You don't spend 15 hours doing many other things other than maybe like sleeping, working. And, you know, you, most people don't exercise that much or spend that much time with their spouse, like doing something dedicated during the week, right? Like maybe we probably don't even get that much focused time during the week on a project. Right. Exactly. And that's again per week. And so I just, I like for me, I think to myself, well, if I'm spending 15 hours a week doing something, like it really better be very amazingly enjoyable or like really help my business or my career or something, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I guess it's, uh, you know, I, I'm, I do think that for business people, especially like there's a use for social media, it can grow your business. It's a good platform. There's things that are positive about it. But the way, the thing that I 
really emphasize to people is with my use, I want to be very deliberate and intentional. I want to make sure that I'm on there for a specific purpose. I'm doing something that is helping me. And then I'm going to, you know, not use it anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I truly believe those. So, so think about this, right? Um, the reason that I say that cigarette is the or social media is a cigarette of the 21st century is what they've uh, discovered is that they put some people in a f- fMRI, a functional magnetic resonance uh, image scanner, and they had them use social media. And the same circuitry that you uh, is lit up in your brain when you take illegal drugs like cocaine is the same circuitry that's lit up when you use social media. Yeah. And so think about that, right? We are giving 12-year-old kids, and that's technically the youngest age that someone can be on, officially be on social media, which you know that t- so many people are using it way younger. But yeah. we're giving 12-year-olds this super addictive thing that's completely free, super convenient, and is very, you know, engineered to be addictive. And we're like, hey, um, we should have you use this, but only use it a little bit and don't be addicted. I mean, that's really crazy. Yeah. Well, okay, so it's been summer and I can't believe I'm admitting this, but you know, my kids have, they've got iPads and VR that he uses and, um, and you know, we get busy. Like we don't have something for them to do every moment of the day. I'd love to say that, but you know, usually I give them a to-do list of things that they need to get done before they kind of like have some free time on their iPads. And right after my first meeting with you, I went and I looked on Izzy's iPad to see her screen time. And she, for the three days before that, she had been on her iPad for over eight hours a day for three days straight. Yeah. And I was sitting there and I was like, oh my God, like how have I let this happen? And why is she okay with this? And so we just talked about it as a family and I talked to her dad about it and talked to her as a family. And I was like, listen, you're not in trouble, but like, we both need to work a little harder on this. And so I ended up, um, I did put some restrictions on just like time periods, like how much time to spend on TikTok, how much time to spend on YouTube. And it certainly did get her hours down. And I get it. Like there's days yeah. that, you know, she's exhausted from a soccer tournament and just needs to chill and yeah, and a zone out. I get that, but like not every single day. So it's definitely even brought more of an awareness to me around that usage, let alone she doesn't have a phone yet. She's getting ready to get a phone. And, you know, I, I want her to live life to the fullest. And sometimes yeah. that means like, you know, unplugging the phone and throwing it in a drawer and heading out for a hike, you know? So mm-hmm. it's just so easy. Like when you talk about like the addiction factor, especially for these kiddos, let alone us, um, yeah. you know, we're all complaining about needing more time and it's like, well, it's right there. Let's look at how you're using it. Yeah, it really is. And, you know, it might be interesting um, if we chat a little bit about like the the brain physiology of why it's so much more beneficial to do things in person as opposed to over technology, right? Like, let's say, for instance, if we're comparing using technology like Zoom versus being in person, right? And I know we're we're on Zoom right now. Like, I, <laughs> yeah. I get that we're using this. But what, what I think people don't understand is, so when you're in person with someone and you have, especially when there's warm human touch, like a hug, right? The there's two uh, main chemicals that are released in your brain. It's serotonin and oxytocin. And these are chemicals that make you feel loved and supported and cared for. And those are that's like a super basic need. Right. And when we use so when we are in person, those chemicals are released in high amounts. But when we do things over technology and especially when it's text based, like an email or, or a text message, the amounts of serotonin and oxytocin released are very low or almost none. 
And mm-hmm. so this is why, you know, we, we can't just say that we're replacing conversations or relationships that we used to be in person with technology because our brain actually doesn't interpret it the same and the amount of chemicals released aren't the same. Mm-hmm. And so by doing, the, I, I, I mentioned this because I really, um, you know, I think that one of the things that, uh, you know, parents don't realize is when your kid is spending 10 hours a day on an iPad, or, you know, or even five hours a day, they're not interacting with you then most likely. And so like their sense of love and support and care is lessened because they're not with you. Right. And so um, it could really help the kids mental health by being off the screens and being with you in person, ideally in person. Yeah. And I remember you kind of giving me this little scenario. You're like, well, what if, you had less text messages with the people that you love and more conversations. You'd probably have a more powerful relationship or have the types of relationships that you want more in your life by just picking up the phone to call them instead of text message them. And actually, you know, it's so easy because I'm on Slack all day long and I'm talking to Gil, I'm talking to the team, I'm talking to the clients and like I'm hopping on Zoom and all of this is all amazing, right? Like it's yeah. amazing that we're able to run our business virtually and and have for such a long time. Um, but it made me think like, you know, I should pick up the phone and call my parents more often. I should have more conversations with my girlfriends that I really adore instead of just a text message. And so I have found, I have found myself, like I might text them and say, Hey, do you want to go for a hike? And then we have a conversation on a hike, um, rather than via text message. But even the other day, uh, my oldest sister called me, I I think I'm supposed to call her my eldest sister. That sounds a little (laughs) more posh. Um, but she called me and we usually don't have a lot of time at the same time that we can chat like that. So a lot of times it's during text and we just got to talk for like over an hour. Oh, I love that fill both of our tanks. And, you know, there's always a lot going on. And she was just really excited to hear about the kids going back to school and, you know, some of the things that I have coming up. And I, she just went on um, one of her first business trips with her new job. And I got to hear about that. And, and at the end of it, I was like, oh my gosh, like that was so much better than like a hundred text messages from her, you know, mm, like yeah. that time and the attention and hearing her voice. And, you know, mm-hmm. we always get a little spicy with each other here and there because we're a lot alike. And so, <laughs> you know, even being able to kind of work through that and be like, well, you didn't have to say it that way, but mm. I accept that, you know, and it just being together mm. um, was so much more powerful. And, you know, I know Gail and I, we get in these moments too, where we're two ships passing in the night. And just last night we had dinner with Jen. Jen's headed to Hawaii for four months to live there. I know we're super excited for her to, and her adventure. And we had a little, um, a little going away dinner and we, I brought um, lays for everybody to wear, you know, so we were all Hawaiian. It was really fun. And, and even just that, you know, hour and a half of being able to like see their eyes and how people light up and to see Jen's excitement around her trip and to see Gail, you know, just giggling in person was just so much better than like what a Zoom call or a or text message ever could be. So yeah, I'm super great, you know, grateful to hear that. And 
you know, it's it's funny, right? Like, here's what I see. Ha- and by the way, like what you just described, Aaron, where you're, you know, you're texting people a lot. Like th- I'm seeing this happen across the country with all, almost everyone that I meet. It's like we're defaulting at what here's kind of like the trend I see happening because we get so many emails. A lot of people are transitioning business conversations to text. But if you think about texting, it is so much slower than email because most people can type way faster on a computer keyboard than you can on your phone, right? And 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 the other thing is people are having texting conversations instead of like a phone conversation. Mm-hmm. So for instance, I had a client who she was texting between 15 and 20 hours a week on her screen time. Just text, oh, not my. not not everything else. That's just text messages, 15 yeah. to 20 hours a week, like literally a half-time Exhausting. job. And I, and we, so we worked together to reduce her texting to under five hours a week. So I saved her like 10 to 15 hours a week, just alone from texting, which is totally bonkers. But I'm like, so happy to hear that you feel so much happier and connected to your sister when you're talking to her. Like that's, those are, those are the kind of things that I'm trying to get everyone to do at Humans First. Like that's why the company is named Humans First, because the most love and joy and meaning and purpose in our lives comes from connecting with and being with other people, not technology. Well, and another thing that was really helpful is just really focusing on focus time on my calendar. So you took a look at my calendar, which you were like, whoa, like that's crazy. I know I've seen, I've shared my screen with several people and you even gave me some tactics about like, just turn off everybody else's. It's nice that you have everybody's calendars and you can see where Gail's going to be next week. And you know, if Kristen's in a meeting or she's at school drop off or wherever they're at, but like just reducing my stress by just only showing my calendar. That was a game changer. Um, One of the things that you continued to notice on my, (laughs) on my screen was how many tabs I had open all the time. So we (laughs) talked about how like minimizing the amount of tabs that I have open actually like at the end of the day, turning off my computer and walking away from it since I do work from home was pretty, you know, it's simple, simple concepts, right? But it's something that's like, oh, I got to be on. I got to be on all the time. And I got to have all these tabs open. And so I can reference this. But, you know, the reality is, is I'm probably not going through all those tabs in my day anyways. It's just like placeholders. So, um, but as far as the focus time on my calendar went, that was a really eye-opening. You know, we do a lot of our um, calendaring in advance. So, you know, gosh, we, we were talking here in August. We've already been working on our 2023 calendar since probably May or June. Yeah, um, wow. Event dates and who's traveling when. So that just so we kind of have it blocked out and have a better understanding of what's happening. And with that, I actually have to give Hazel and Kristen scheduling rules for myself. And since I've worked with you, my scheduling rules are going to be a little bit different. But you're like, let's get focused time on your calendar now because I do have so many projects that require my attention outside of meeting with the team and cheerleading and, you know, doing all of those things on the sidelines. So um, that was incredibly helpful in just the conversation about like, how, how can we find you? you know, at least two hours at a time, if not one, and that's not really enough for me, two to three hours at a time where you can just focus on projects and then actually saying on the calendar what, um, well, I use Gmail and you showed me how on the second tab over, there's actually a, a spot called focus time and it mm-hmm. puts on these little headphones. It shows these little headphones and my entire team was like, 
what did Aaron do to her calendar? Like that, <laughs> like what's going on? And I'm like, oh, well guys, that's time that's like not touchable. And it would, it would cancel out other meetings. I started not showing up to meetings that people were used. Not that I was trying to cause problems, but like really <laughs> thinking about like, is this a meeting that I need to be on versus this could be focused time that I'm able to do something else for the business. And that has been such a game changer to just every week be like, okay, like how much, how many of these focus time sections of time do I have each week? Um, and I think Gail is seeing the results of it because like my production has gone way up in awesome focus time set aside. And also putting next to it, like what I plan to use that time for, right? Mm-hmm. So just Being intentional. Overwhelmed, like, my gosh, there's so much stuff. And then like, I actually have to stop early because Jack says football practice and then I have to feed the kids. And then like, by the time I'm done with all of that, I'm exhausted and I'm just have to start again tomorrow. It's like, okay, well, what can I get done in the time that I have? And I don't feel quite so overwhelmed by some of these tactics that we've been using. But I, my phone felt straight up dead empty when you... <laughs> me and you had me turn off some of my you know some of the apps I hadn't been using and <laughs> got took the social media off and I remember going we had a we had an event a team event at the local top golf it was we were having a kind of like half yearly um fun time and then also a meeting the next day and and I, I came in and everybody's like what's going on and I'm like I've met with Rob today <laughs> they're like, don't sound very happy about it. And I was like, he's great. But like, I mean, I just like slammed my phone. I'm like, this thing's empty. This is like lifeless to me now, <laughs> you know? And, um, and of course I'm like trying to take pictures and I'm like wanting to put them on Instagram and I'm like, oh, I can't even do that. So I'm a little grumpy about it for, for a while. You know, I always tell people, um, especially when you take social media off and again, like I went through this too, right? It does take about a week. It takes a week of time where you're still kind of in this, uh, like a subconscious, right? Like you don't even think about it before you did it, but it's a subconscious mode where you're like going to your phone to go to Instagram or Facebook or whatever. And so that does last for about a week. I totally agree. It's hard. But after the first week, it gets so much easier and you're not really in this habit anymore. And so a lot of people experience what you did, Aaron, and your your situation isn't unique. And all I just tell them is, look, like this first week's kind of going to suck, but that's okay. You can get through it. And, you know, then afterward, it, it really becomes a lot easier. And I mean, the thing is, is, you know, do you want to spend eight hours a week on Instagram or eight hours a week with your kids. Right. And I know that that's, you know, that's kind of a tough thought for some people, but like I, you know, my wife and I are doing January and, uh, I, I absolutely, you know, I'm trying to do everything in my power to free up as much time so that I can spend time with our son. Yeah. Well, congratulations, by the way, on the baby on the way. And Thank you. Um, I hope that I get to hear all about it when it, when he finally arrives, but you know, that's Thank a big, going to be a big life change for you guys. And it's, you know, your exhaustion level goes up, your sleep goes down. Yeah. I remember when Jackson and Izzy were little and like, I finally had a minute to either eat or sleep. And I like literally had to like weigh out which one I wanted to do, like which mm. one was more important to me. Right. <laughs> and so what are some of the things that you're planning for yourself to be able to kind of continue this path? Because you are headed into kind of a a very exciting time, but also mm-hmm. a challenging time and also running a business and keeping your energy up and keeping your focus. Yeah. So, I mean, 
I'm su- I'm super super grateful. My father-in-law and, and mother-in-law are going to be coming uh, visiting. Uh, excuse me, moving to Chicago to help us. So oh, they committed to helping. Um, you know, watch our kids two days a week, or our kids, sorry, two days a week, which is great. Um, but my, you know, Nikki and I, my wife and I, were already trying to think about, or I was at least trying to think about, what are some creative ways where I could, you know. Uh, not like I could do what I help other people do and work four days a week, but still, you know, make everything else work. Right. And, you know, know, we're talking about like, Hey, maybe then on a Saturday, she watches the kid for three hours while I have focused time on Saturday mornings. Like that's totally an option. You know, I, I like to try to, again, be my own experiment and think outside the box. And so I'm not saying I have all the answers, but, um, yeah, things will change, but that's okay. And that's, that's just kind of part of the game, right? I like to hope, you know, I like to think that I'm pretty flexible and, you know, again, trying to, or willing to try different things because that, you know, allows me to be, uh, I guess, just continue to do what I need to do. Well, I love that. And this has been such a great conversation. I know I've grown so much. Um, I definitely am having more time for, you know, exercise and, Um, more time with my kiddos and our work together. And I know there's probably still more things that I could chip away at or do better. Um, But just why don't we wrap this up and tell me a little bit about what the next 10 years looks like for you? Like, what do you want to have accomplished in the last, in the next 10 years? I mean, you're becoming a dad in January. And I know you're obviously uh, having a company called Humans First. You're wanting to put some humans first. So tell me a little (laughs) bit about what the next 10 years looks like for you. Yeah. So one of the things that I think a lot about is what my life goals. And I have this value statement that I read through all the time. And my life goal is to positively impact the lives of 1 billion people while still being a great husband, father, and friend. And I think the last part of that statement is the most important where I, I, no matter what I do in this world, I still want to be a great husband, father, and friend and put the people, you know, my, my relationships with the people I care about the most come first uh, in my life. And so I, I have, you know, tried to um, do my very best to maintain my relationships throughout uh, all the, you know, things. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a nine-time business owner and, um, you know, I've been in working out for 25 years. And, I, you know, I, I think the thing that I'm probably most proud of in my life is that I have been able to maintain my relationships throughout all those things, throughout nine businesses and doing other things. And, um, you know, I've been in 14 weddings and the best man in four of them. And, you know, that to me is, is just, I'm like really grateful for every single one of those experiences. And, uh, you know, I just, I hope that I can continue to maintain those relationships going forward and, um, you know, my vision for humans first is that this isn't just a company. I really hope that it's a social movement. Like I believe that the whole world would be better off if we could all prioritize, you know, being with other people and and people in our lives a little bit more. Amen to that for sure. Well, we always love to have you leave our, we, we love to have our podcast leave like three things that are listeners can take home and, and implement in their business or their lives today. So what are the three things you'd love to to leave with our listeners today? Yeah. So I have a very simple one that'll take 30 seconds as the first one. Um, there's this, if you have an iPhone, it's called a setting called raise to wake. And if, if you have an Android, it's very similar. Um, but basically if you disable raise to wake, what happens is a, you're going to save a lot of battery life, which, you know, that's important to people. But the other thing is, 
your phone screen is not going to turn on when you physically move your phone. So what that means is that you're going to have to be intentional about, you know, going into it and seeing what's on it. And it sounds like a very simple thing, but I disabled that the raise to wake feature on my phone. And it saved me about two hours of screen time every week, which was a lot. And it really um, made it so that I got way less sucked into my phone, right? Like I didn't use it and interact with it as much. It was really, it was really helpful. So that's the first thing. The second thing is, is I uh, have a challenge to listeners. I would love to have, uh, you know, have you think about something, right? So let's just pretend that you cut your social media use in half. So for the average person, that would mean you have about an extra hour and seven minutes a day. Now, that I mean, there's a lot of things you could do at that hour, right? Let's say you took that time and connected with someone in your life that you cared about through a phone call, a Zoom call, ideally though, seeing someone in person, like having coffee or lunch or dinner. And I, I just want you, if you do this, right? Like I want you to think about or, or be very cognizant of how much more love and happiness and just fulfillment you have in your life by connecting with these other people instead of, you know, being on social media for that hour. And um, I, I, so I'm, I have, that's my challenge to listeners is to cut your social media time in half and spend that time, the, the extra time with someone that you care about. Um, and then the last thing is, you know, this is uh, something that my wife and I thought was so meaningful that we included it in our uh, wedding at a, at a toast that we gave to everyone. And it's this, the amount of love, success, and happiness in this world are infinite. So imagine how much love, success, and happiness we could all have together if we all decided to put humans first. Oh my God. I love that. We got the goosebumps. All right. Well, Rob, thank you so much for your time today and sharing this with our listeners. And um, I appreciate you and all that you've done and, and the changes that you've helped me make in my, my life and how I'm using technology. Yeah. Well, I'm super grateful to have worked with you Aaron, and really proud of what you've been able to accomplish in our short time working together. And and uh, I'm really happy that, uh, you know, our, our paths crossed and hope to continue to chat with you. Did you check your screen time during the episode? Was it higher than you were maybe expecting? Hopefully this episode was entertaining, informative, or eye-opening and can serve as a reminder of what's important. To learn more about Rob, you can visit humansfirst.us and take the steps to reduce the time you spend on your phone. Also, our three-day hiring and competing for talent challenge is coming up next week, November 15th through the 17th. If you're struggling with finding the right team members or asking the right interview questions, be sure to register on our website today.